0: When asked, what earthly element scares you? Many would say, the ocean. The open waters that run thousands of miles deep leave too much room to the imagination, and we don't really know what's down there. When it comes to the ocean, though, it is not what scares me. I've swam past the waves into open water with the ocean floor 40 feet below me, and if anything, what I felt was far from fear. Now I know, 40 feet deep cannot compare to thousands of feet deep, but still, it's something that I simply just truly don't fear. But if you ask me, what strikes my curiosity and some fear are the mountains and forest ranges across the states, and even those across the world. Just like the ocean, we have not fully explored the dense thickets of forests like the ones in the Appalachian Mountains. So, who knows what really resides behind the trees just beyond your vision? We cannot say we know of everything that lives below the treacherous waves of the ocean. However, we also cannot say we know what lives among the stillness of the mountains and forests. You hear stories about Bigfoot or skinwalkers, wendigos, or other creatures. Who's to say that they're not real? Another such spectral being has been making news for generations across the Santa Lucia mountain range that surrounds the Big Sur coastal area. Dark watchers. These beings seem to reside just out of reach. Shadows among trees that seem to vanish just as your eyes focus on them. Many visitors and locals alike have claimed sightings of these apparitions, and no one can really explain who or what they are even finding a home with an art and literature. So, let's talk about that. Welcome to Audibly Haunted. I'm your host, Ani Kachdorian. So, to begin, let me set the stage. Running 140 miles from Carmel to the Cuyama River in San Luis Obispo County stands the Santa Lucia Mountain Range. The range sits no further than 11 miles from the coast at any point and features a peak of 5,158 feet above sea level, making it the highest peak in proximity to the ocean in the States. The range was a barrier used by Spanish explorers as they explored the central coast of California. Like the Santa Ana winds in southern Cali, the Santa Lucia Mountains are famous for their katabatic winds that cause intense temperature drops as they rush down the slopes of the mountain range. These fast-moving winds have the power to create the famous frost, mist, and fog that settles within the valleys. The range is even known for its highlands, designated as wine-growing fields, but it does also carry a dark history. On December 7, 1987, Pacific Southwest Airlines flight 1771 departed from LAX at 3.51 p.m. to San Francisco International Airport, set to arrive at 6.43 p.m. On that flight was David A. Burke. He was a ticketing agent that was fired by the airline for petty theft of $70 from in-flight cocktail ingredients. After a meeting with manager Ray Thompson, Burke was unsuccessful in getting his job back. Purchasing a ticket for flight 1771, fully knowing his ex-manager Thompson would be... On the same flight as it was his usual flight home. With credentials that were not surrendered yet, Burks, armed with a gun, was able to bypass security and gain access to the flight through the locked crew door. As he took his seat, he wrote on an air sickness bag, Hi Ray, I think it's sort of ironical that we end up like this. I asked for some leniency for my family, remember? Well, I got none, and you'll get none. It is speculated, based off the black box recording, that Burks handed the letter to Thompson and then headed to the bathroom to load the gun. He then emerged and shot Thompson point-blank, killing him. The pilots heard the blast as they were talking to air traffic control, and they stated gunshots on the plane. A moment later, a female voice of the flight attendant comes through as she states, A problem. Then, Burks's voice as he states, I'm the problem, followed by two more shots, killing the pilots. In total, six shots were fired within the plane. At 4.16 p.m., the plane slams into the hillside of the Santa Rita Cattle Ranch in the Santa Lucia Mountains, going around 770 miles per hour, killing all 48 passengers on board. And out of the 48, only 11 were ever identified. Now that we have our setting, let's get into the paranormal. As the Spanish arrived in the mountain range in the 1700s, they quickly began referring to something as Los Vigilantes Oscuros, which translates to the Dark Watchers. Even as settlers began making their way through the range, they would state feelings like they were being stalked in the region. They felt like, well, they were being watched from within the hills. The Santa Lucia Range was the home of the Chumash people, and at times people attribute these spectral beings, these dark watchers, as Native American. However, when we look into the Chumash tribe mythology, there doesn't seem to be anything stated that describes these watchers. Until the 20th century, the dark watchers didn't really have a listed description at all. They seemingly took form once authors began describing them within literary works. In 1937, poet Robinson Jeffers taking inspiration from his surroundings, from his life on the coast, mentions the Dark Watchers in his collection, Such counsels You Gave to Me, and other poems. The poem that mentions the Watchers is a free-form narrative poem, and the excerpt goes like this. He thought it might be one of the Watchers, who are often seen in this length of coast range. Forms. That look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come from behind the ridges to watch, but when he approached it, he recognized the shabby clothes and the pale hair, and even the averted forehead and concave line from eye to the jaw, so that he was not surprised when the figure turned toward him in the quiet twilight, showed his own face, then it melted and merged into the shadows beyond it. The following year, in 1938, famous Big Sur resident, author John Steinbeck, who wrote Of Mice and Men and the Grapes of Wrath, released his short story titled Flight within a collection titled The Long Valley. Flight follows the Mexican-Indian Torres family living along the coast. The story opens with 19-year-old Pepe Torres throwing his father's knife, who died after a rattlesnake bite accident 10 years before. As he plays, his mother tells him to ride into town 15 miles away for salt and medicine, and plans to stay at the home of Mrs. Rodriguez for the night. As he comes home the next day, he tells his mother that he must run to the mountains to hide, as in the night before. After some wine, he and another gentleman got into an argument, and he plunged his father's knife into the man's chest. His mother becomes worried, and knows he won't come back alive if he ventures into the mountains. Pepe states he is a man now, and he'll be fine to go. He gathers his father's hat, gun and horse and rides into the mountains, where he, piece by piece, loses his father's things. As he is chased by the posse on horses, he climbs the mountainside, where, in the end, a bullet hits his chest and Pepe falls and lands at the base of the hill. As Pepe runs through the surrounding forests, the narrator states, Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, on a white, barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment. But he looked away quickly, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trails, And minded his own business. As the years went on, more and more people began coming forward with their sightings. Within newspaper clippings from the mid-1960s, an article was found with an interview of a Monterey Peninsula local and former high school principal. They stated that as they hiked within the Santa Lucia Mountains, He suddenly saw a dark figure standing on the rocks, surveying the area. When the principal called out to the other hikers, the figure vanished. So, what do they look like? The descriptions all seem to be the same. They seem to always be spotted around sunset or twilight hours. Dark watchers are always very large, human shaped figures standing at at least 10 feet tall. They seem to always have on a wide-brimmed hat and what seems to be either a long trench coat or cape. Watchers are featureless. They're shadows, though at times reports do state that they have glowing white eyes within the darkness of the shadows they seem to always stand still. They never move or bother unless you're doing something wrong in the forest. And just as your eyes begin to focus on the beings, they always just vanish into thin air. Within John Steinbeck's story, Flight, the mother's fear of the mountains is not all just literary fiction. Even Steinbeck's own mother believed these spectral beings lived within the range. It is said amongst the people, if you want to see a dark watcher, bring it a gift. Steinbeck's mother, Olive, would bring fruits, and sometimes she would bring flowers as offerings, if you will. Even Steinbeck's son, Thomas, said his grandmother, Olive, firmly believed she would tell the children and grandkids to follow the ritual of bringing an offering. She stated to them that one day, she left fruit and nuts on Mule Canyon on her way to school in Big Sur. As she made her way back home after school, the fruits and nuts were gone, now flowers stood in their place is it possible that the dark watchers accepted her gift and are now showing their thanks in return now with every paranormal bigfoot alien or otherworldly sighting that comes up there are those who will go to no end trying to explain it all away. So, in pure skeptic fashion, here are a few theories to explain away the Dark Watchers. One thought is the good old-fashioned shadows casted by swaying trees that are obscured and manipulated by the passing fog or mist in the area. With these tree shadows hitting the fog, Our minds may be twisting them into humanoid shapes, thus stating dark watchers are just pareidolia. Pareidolia is the brain trying to make sense of patterns, in turn creating images that are not exactly there. This is why we may see faces on the moon or Jesus in our burnt toast. Another theory is the effect of the Brocken Spectre. Much like in Big Sur, the Harz Mountains in Germany have locals reporting shadow figures on Brocken Peak. Authors like Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland, took inspiration from the ghostly sightings for his work. The Brocken Spectre seems to be a fancy way of stating an optical illusion. This happens when a shadow like that of a nearby hiker is casted onto the low-hanging fog or mist. If the sun is behind the hiker who is observing the shadow, their shadow is getting casted onto the mist and can be manipulated by the mist to appear large and menacing. Their shadow can then appear to be darting away as the mist suddenly shifts or breaks apart in the breeze. Now, both these theories sound great and all, but they leave a few things unanswered. How does the casted shadow of a hiker stand perfectly still, even though the hiker is walking and seeing the dark watcher? How does the shadow not show features when my shadow is casted even on uneven surfaces? I still see my outline, including legs and arms. And unless I'm wearing one, my shadow doesn't usually look like I have a cape, trench coat, or wide-brim hat on. And if you ask Steinbeck's mother, Olive, she would ask you to explain how the shadow of a hiker could turn her fruit and nuts into flowers by the roadside. Skeptics can bring to the table all kinds of theories about why things happen, but how do we know for sure that the dark watcher specters of Big Sur are just shadows playing tricks? After all, most myths and legends come from some sort of fact. It's not like John Steinbeck was influenced by a social media article claiming to see figures in the mountains. So who's to say that they're not real? Throughout the centuries, people have claimed these shadow watchers seemingly surveying the land. And there is something in me that cannot believe a simple scientific phenomena can just explain everything away. They have been embodied within literary works and art and each person seeing the same thing. I guess the only way to know is to venture into the mountains yourself and wait for sunset. So, if you do venture into the Santa Lucia Mountains above Big Sur, just as the sun begins to dip, look up, as you may just see shadows looking Back down at you. This has been Audibly Haunted, and I'm your host, Ani Kachdorian. You can find Audibly Haunted wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. Give it a listen, drop a rating, a review, and share with all your friends. And remember, you can always find Audibly Haunted on Instagram at audiblyhaunted. And if you have a ghost story that you would like to share, I would love to hear it. You can always reach out to me at audiblyhaunted at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram. I would love to hear from all of you. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you all next week.